It is such a blessing to be with you today on Family and Friends Day. And I'm not just saying that because I'm up here. I really am super, super glad to be here with you. And one of the reasons I am is because it's always exciting to see people in our worlds come together. People, you know, friends meeting friends and family meeting family. And, and, and that's what makes this special for me. It's always a good combination when people that we love get to meet each other. C.S. Lewis says that friendship is born at the moment when one person says to another, what? You too? I thought no one but myself. The moment two people are talking and as they begin talking, one person realizes we're the same. We share something in common. I thought I was the only one alone in that. And I got to tell you, throughout my life, I have observed this to be true, that as I connect to people, when there's something in common between us, that's when the ball really starts rolling. And I go, man, I wonder if this could be a friend. Now, that journey of friendship has been a long one for me. I want you to know. In fact, it kind of began with that old stereotypical picture that you see in college of what college friendship should look like. And I want you to know, for me, it was nothing like that at all. And I, I hope it wasn't for you either, because that's, that's kind of weird. But, but friendship for me was a little bit different. One of the main reasons is because I didn't have any money. I was alone in the sense that all the ways that people maybe would connect in, in TV shows and movies about friendship, I was one of these guys, my, my pockets were empty and I didn't have just a whole lot to offer the world. And in some ways, my ideal for what college was supposed to be like was kind of shattered like a piggy bank on the floor. I just didn't have, in, in my mind, a lot to offer. But I found in that moment that, you know, friendship is whenever someone gets us. I mean, some say that friendship is born when someone actually gets me. And in that moment of brokenness in college, suddenly I realized I was not the only one. I found someone else just like me, financially destitute in college. And that began the birth of friendship. At that moment, friendship was born when the two of us friends got together and lived off ramen. And I want to apologize to my wife right now for that, by the way. No, no, we, we lived off ramen because in that moment we realized that, hey, we have something in common, which is nothing. We're unified in the fact that we're broke. At the time, it felt like probably most people in college had money and cash in my mind, but in all reality, probably there was a lot of us eating ramen. I just didn't realize it. Sometimes in life, I think we feel like we're alone, and in all actuality, most of us can relate to that feeling of loneliness, even though perhaps we have more in common with one another than we realize. You ever, like, been sitting there and felt like, it's only me, I'm the only one, and then 
maybe there are more like us, more in common with us than we even realize. But that's how it felt in my life many times. Whether it was true or not, I felt like I was all alone. And I want to ask the question, have you ever felt that way? Have you ever felt, as you looked around and maybe look around in a room like this where there's lots and lots of people, but you just kind of feel alone? And there have been many times in my life where I felt all alone. And there were ways I felt alone, and one of the ways I felt alone was in the way I saw things in my life. I felt like I was in, alone in my perspectives like the world wasn't quite the way I thought it should be. And so there were four areas of my life I thought, you know, I just feel alone in the way I see the world. And understand, I was a kid growing up in the 80s and 90s. So the way I saw the world was, you know, back then. But at the same time, I wonder if people today don't feel the same kind of way I felt back then as I looked at the world and felt all Alone. So there are four areas of life that I felt this. Area number one was this. I felt that the world was upside down. I felt the world was upside down. It felt to me like society was broken. Something was lacking. If other people were experiencing it, and they may have been, I sure didn't know it. Because to me, it felt like the world was upside down. Things weren't clicking. Things weren't going the way life was supposed to go, and it felt like I was the only one who kind of was experiencing that. I couldn't tell if anybody else felt that way. It just seemed like something wasn't right in the world. The world was supposed to be a certain way, and it wasn't. Now, I got to tell you, I now know that I'm not alone in that. In fact, a survey was done in 2019 from adults from 27 different countries and in that survey, a majority of people said that they felt like the world was broken. But at the time, I felt like I was the only one. The world seems upside down to me. Point number two, institutions felt lacking. As I thought about the institutions of my life, the things, the programs, the organizations, the societies that were supposed to make us broken people better, they felt like they were lacking too. Now, as a kid of the 80s and 90s, one of the institutions I looked at was marriage. And at that time in history, marriage was on the decline. People were getting more divorces than ever. And so it felt like the institutions of this world were falling apart. But it wasn't just marriages, it was other things as well. I remember people as a kid talking about universities and saying, universities are not as good as they used to be. And they would talk about other things as well. They would talk about medicine and how odd it is, and I, like I said, I was growing up at the very beginning of the AIDS epidemic, how odd it is that as we get better and better medication, that we also get worse and worse diseases. In fact, they told me as a kid growing up about how that the more advancements we make in medication, how viruses and things actually will combat that and become worse. So the institution of, of, of health care seemed like, even though it was supposed to be an answer, was really hurting. 
But it wasn't just that. It was also the institution of government. I remember as a kid growing up, people talking about Clinton and saying Clinton wasn't as good as George Bush Sr. And I remember people talking about George Bush Sr. and saying he wasn't as good as Ronald Reagan. And I remember people talking about Ronald Reagan and saying but he wasn't as good as FDR. And it occurred to me that generation after generation after generation is feeling the same thing, which is this, that life in institutions, when you look at government institutions, they are lacking. They could be better. And finally, I thought about the institution of church. No, this is going to be a little odd to you, but when I thought about the institution of church, I realized something as well as a kid that people felt like it was lacking as well. As a kid, I remember people talking about the good old days. We were in the 80s, and I remember talking about the 50s. Church of the 50s. Man, Church of the 50s was great. Remember Church of the 50s? Church of the 50s was so good. The songs were better in the 50s, and the, the sermons were better in the 50s. And I wondered if maybe the Church of the 50s talked about the Church of the 1880s. And how wonderful the church of the 1880s was. And it was so much better. And it occurred to me, so many things growing up that were supposed to be the answers to the problem felt like they were lacking. And it frustrated me as a kid. Number three, I realized that when society was upside down, the world was upside down and institutions were lacking, that resulted in individuals, including myself, being lacking, being found wanting. The world was upside down and, and, and people then were also upside down. People weren't whole and I could see it in people and I could even see it in myself. Turning to things like rage and lust and discontentment and hopelessness. It felt like the world had a cancer and it was getting into us as individuals. And I didn't understand how that could be. And number four, as a result, life began to feel broken and hopeless and meaningless. Because if the world was upside down and the institutions we turn to are not giving us what we need and we as individuals are lacking and turning to struggle after struggle after struggle, then life begins to feel broken. And in that moment, I felt futility, futility meaning that things could and should be better. And here's the thing, I felt all alone in that. Now today, I know I wasn't all alone, but back then it felt like I was. It felt like I was the only one who could grasp or understand those four truths. And I felt like I was a college student with no money, just looking for somebody to relate to me to get where I was coming from. And it was at that moment that I decided to go 
and dust off my Bible. Have you ever noticed that sometimes the Bible is the last place we go? And, and as I was sitting there, I thought, you know what? It's time for me to dust off my Bible. That old reliable book that I was told to go to in Sunday school. And so I went to that old reliable book and I began to open it up and I began to read. And as I did, here's what I learned. The greatest book ever written, the Bible understands me. The greatest book ever written, the Bible understands me. And suddenly I realized I was not alone. I had a new friend, not flesh and blood, but living and active nonetheless. And it was the Bible. And as I read through the scriptures, I started to see some truths. Number one, that friend understood that the world was broken. The world was broken. You see, it taught me this truth. The world is upside down. It told me a story about how the world was created to be. How that God has designed the world to be something and it wasn't that because of sin. And how the world was upside down for a reason. Because of humanity's disobedience and free choice. And I remember hearing the prophets and the preachers throughout the Old Testament into the New Testament preaching this message, declaring over and over again just how upside down the world really was. Number two, it told me that institutions were lacking. It told me about a nation that was supposed to be God's holy nation and God's holy people and how they constantly wrestled with God, the Israelites. It taught me about a woman who went to doctor after doctor in her medical community for 12 years to find healing and instead of getting better, she got worse. It told me about a woman who had turned to marriage after marriage after marriage. And after five marriages, she still wasn't satisfied. And it told me the story about how government and religious leaders nailed a good man to a cross. Institutions were broken. The next thing it told me was this. Individuals, including myself, are lacking. As I read through scriptures and I talked to my new friend, the Bible, I learned stories. I learned about a boy who would become king, who slayed a giant. And the moment he got that power and that, that prestige, took it and took advantage of a woman who was married. I heard a story about a prophet who was sent to save a nation, to preach a message. And as he did, he burned with prejudice and anger and rage that they repented and changed. And I remember a story about a prophet who built an ark so that darkness would no longer be in the world. And after he got out of the boat, he got drunk 
and brought darkness into his own family. And because of that, as I read through scriptures, number four, in so many ways, life just felt broken. And I heard scripture saying that over and over and over again. It spoke through Solomon, as it said, meaningless, meaningless. Life is futile. It's chasing after the sun, chasing after the wind. I heard the cries of emptiness from character and people group after character and people group in scriptures. I heard it in the shadows of Eden. I heard it in Babylon. I heard it in Nineveh. I heard it in Galilee. And I heard the cry in Golgotha. Life seems broken. And as I read the Bible, I realized I was not alone. Across cultures and across generations, across oceans and time and space, God was telling me I was not alone. Now, some say friendship is born when someone gets me. And as I read through the Bible, I understood that it got me. It understood me. It got me. That's what Psalm 139 says. Psalm 139 says this, O Lord, you've searched me and you know me. You know, when I sit and when I rise, you perceive my thoughts from afar. The Bible says about itself, God gets you. I get you. But here's the thing, and this is what made the Bible different than other friends in the past. You see, with my other friends, when we were broken, we were broken together. When we didn't have anything to offer, we didn't have anything to offer together. But that's what made the Bible so different because, you see, the Bible had an answer. The Bible didn't just empathize. It didn't just understand my questions. The Bible introduced me to life's only solution. And that solution was a man named Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ. Jesus who preached that the world was upside down. Do you remember him doing that in the Sermon on the Mount? If you've gone to study your Bible for years, you probably remember in the Sermon on the Mount him talking about the world is upside down. I remember him saying things in John chapter 17, I am not of this world, even though the world hates me in John chapter 15. But it was Jesus who said the world is upside down. It's Jesus who preached that love was the only answer to the world's problem, his love. As he said this in John chapter 10, verse 10, I have come that they might have life and have it abundantly. Or Jesus who said in John 15, I have come into the world as a light for people living in darkness. That Jesus said, I'm the one who can be the answer. My love can be the answer. It was Jesus. Jesus who preached that humanity needed a Savior. In John chapter 3, verse 16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever would believe in him would not perish but have everlasting life. It's Jesus. You see, the Bible introduced me, as good friends do, to an even greater friend. 
the Bible introduced me to my greatest friend named Jesus. Who was Jesus? He was the one who would carry my burdens. The one who would cleanse my sins. The one who would give rest to my soul. The one who heals the broken and rescues the hurting and delivers the oppressed. Jesus, the greatest friend who ever lived. Jesus Christ. You know, C.S. Lewis says that friendship is born at the moment when one person says to another, What? You too? I thought no one but myself. And as I read through scriptures, I learned that I was not alone, that Jesus understood it all. He understood it all. Well, today is Family and Friends Day. And we invited you to come here to be with us. To be our friends and to be our family. Because we believe you and I are very similar. But i got to ask this question. I wonder, perhaps, maybe you're sitting there and you're thinking to, me, to yourself, you're thinking, what is going on? What is going on? Is he trying to get us to come to his church? Because after all, he's talking about church and he's talking about institutions and he's saying, well, they're lacking. And now he's trying to convince us to come to church? I got to tell you, growing up, I went to some churches that were like institutions made by men. I remember the message that they preached was this, the world is upside down and we are the answer. I got to tell you, that is not sunset and that is not me. The message I hear at sunset is this one, the world is upside down. Number two, human institutions are lacking. Number three, individuals including myself are lacking. And number four, aspects of life can be futile. But here's the thing. Number five, Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the answer. And, and i got to tell you this. At that moment when we as a collective people say that, that Jesus is greater than us, we speak the words of Scripture and the words of the gospel message. And suddenly we flourish. We look good when we speak gospel truth. And the church is no longer a human institution, but it's Christ's holy church. A people who are like-minded. A people who are not alone. And that's what we want to invite you to be part of. We want to invite you to be part of a people who are not alone and that they see Jesus Christ as the answer and not themselves. Today is Family and Friends Day. And you are here because someone who loves you invited you. And we're grateful for that. But we want you to know this. Greater than the person who invited you is the person who invited them because that was Jesus Christ. And he wants to connect to you as well.
We want to be a body who helps point you to Jesus Christ and says, He's the answer. And we hope you would go on that journey with us. If you have any needs from this body, we're here to serve you today. Won't you come now as we stand and as we sing together?